Okay, good morning. Shin Chaf, Shin Chaf Dalit. Ili Nishmas Eto Bas Okay, just to recap on, we had two very good questions yesterday, just on how to explain the Kesher. Yesterday, so this Siman we're discussing how to feed your animals. That's really the topic of this Siman. And it comes from a Mishnah, and the Shulchan Aruch writes, that you're allowed to untie your sheaves, your sheaves, whatever, your, um, your bundles of hay or whatever you have, and you need to feed them. So the halacha is talking about, are we allowed to, uh, we're not allowed to do tircha yasera. That's the whole sugya. The whole sugya, the whole thing we're trying to learn over here, the whole purpose of mentioning it, is that you're not allowed to work too hard, and you are allowed to do whatever is necessary in order to make it edible for the animal. So that's why, even, so just coming to teach you that even though you have to bend down and untie these knots or untie the bundles, you're allowed to do that. The purpose is not to discuss Hilchot Ksharim, how to make knots and what's mutter, what's asr, that we learned in Shin Yudzayim. So, having said that, it's pretty, uh, becomes a lot more clear what we're t- talking about. The Shulchan Aruch is not coming to address Kesher, and it's very clear just because you want to make a knot or unmake a knot, there's no heter with knots because of food. There's a special dispensation, by borer. Some say by tochen. But pretty much, if I, I think it's not by any of the other melachot. Maybe there's one that's um, not thinking of. It doesn't apply to lash. It doesn't apply to kesh, to making a knots. So it's... Um, so the Shulchan Aruch is not coming to say you're allowed to do undo knots in order to feed the animal. We're talking about knots that are mutter lechatchila to untie. That's what you're allowed to do. If you want to know what's mutter lechatchila, so we can do a little chazara in shin yudzayin aleph. Um, so some want to say it's not a ma'isa. I mean, we're assuming it's not a ma'isa uman. And some explain, obviously, like the Ramah says, it's not a kesher shel kayama. You're not planning it to be there for more than a week. I know uh, Ramosha said maybe it applies. Could be. It's really according to the Rambam. Possibly, very likely not according to the Shulchan Aruch, there's a special heter to use ochel, that uh, you can use it to undo a knot, uh, to make knots and undo knots by ochel. Um, the, 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 the string that you're using is actually ochel. And they say it, the reason why the Rambam says it's okay is because it's going to shrivel up in a few days. So by definition, it's not shel kayama. So anyway, there's probably no real machlokas, uh, certainly according to most most of the mafarshim poskim. There's real no machlokas on this issue in Si'if Dalit by Kesher, if it's Shokayama or not. Probably everyone holds it's not Shokayama, it's Derech Mutter. Obviously there are times when it's, even it's Derech Iser, if it's like Tzarech Gadol, so we're allowed to be Mekel, and there's a famous machlokas we already know by Shulchan Aruch and Ramah, can you make a Kesher on a Kesher? A simple, what we call like a simple double knot. So there there's a machlokas between the two. And then that would apply here too as well. But it's not a new issue. Alright? And then one other very interesting thing. So somebody asked, um, yesterday maybe it was Gershom, what happens with the nevela? We said there's an animal that you had over, that you had overnight. It's living, it's kicking, it's all, it's alive and well. Okay? Maybe it's Mesukenet, maybe it's Abriya. And you had in mind, you know you might, it, it might turn into a nevela by the morning, and you're gonna wanna feed it to your animals. So is that muksa? So once it becomes an avela and it dies, everyone says this animal 
is not muksa. Why? Because before Shabbos, Shmashos, you already knew that there's a good chance, or even a chance, you were planning on it, that you're going to use it to eat. So since it's... Use it for food. Use it for food, right. For your animals. For your animals. Exactly. So therefore, it had a purpose. You already were thinking about it. So when it dies, it's no longer muksa. But what about the whole night before? What about until it dies? Whatever, how many hours it is on Shabbos? So then, it's certainly, all the posts can say, it is muksa. It's Bali Chaim, they're muksa. And so this is a rare case, a very rare case. And so the post can, some of the posts can they discuss it. It's Kafa Chaim, Allah Shabbos, the one who brings it up, or Chashokhan, they talk about it. So what's the thing is, so we know that there's a famous principle, if it's a muksa, this is an important principle for al muksa, whenever something is muksa at Bain Hashmashas, the halacha is, it's muksa for all Shabbos. It's normal to find things that are mutter when Shabbos starts, and they become muksa in the middle of Shabbos. That happens sometimes. But for something to become unmuksa in the middle of Shabbos, that's unusual. And so they say, this is one of those unusual cases. Why? They say, anytime you have something... So there's two types of muksa. The one is, you put something in mind, and you say there's aside, and you say, there's no way I'm going to use it on Shabbos, such as you're putting, they say, like uh, raisins, you're going to put it to dry, and you know you're not going to touch it for, I don't know, a day, a week, a month, whatever long it takes. You have no plans to use it on Shabbos, so once it's muksa, when Shabbos starts, it's muksa all Shabbos, which is usually the case. Whenever you have no intentions to use something, if it starts out muksa, it's not muksa the whole Shabbos. But when you have something that you know you're going to end up using in the middle of Shabbos, so they say that that principle doesn't apply. Even though it could start out muksa, and then in the middle of Shabbos, all of a sudden turn into to muksa. And they, some of them say that that's only according to Rabbi Shimon. I don't know if, I don't know if that's 100% mukrach, but they say that's according to Rabbi Shimon, which is how we hold, not like Rabbi Yehuda. So in the middle of halacha that might be a little bit more um, apropos and not so rare, what if someone's pet dies on Shabbos? So is that now, is that now muksa? So it's muksa. It should be muksa. There should be no question. You're not planning to use it for food, and now it dies. It's like a person who dies. Oh, so it is muksa by definition, but there's also halacha of dispensation. We learned that if it's a graf shalrei, something that's, uh, that's disgusting, you need to remove, you're allowed to move. So I would think that would apply. think that would apply here if it's I have to think about it, because by a, a mace, uh, need to think about it. Yeah, yeah, think by about base, it. you don't have graphs already. Right, so I have to th- we have to think about that. We'll, t- we'll, talk, we'll think about it okay, afterwards. We'll Good question. But, but, you have, but you said, uh, uh, what about the, the animal that was completely healthy before Shabbos? Well, how does the Machaber explain... The Machaber says because... Because... Okay, so the, on, the, the, the Machaber says, even if it's a bari, an animal that's healthy... You're allowed to feed it to your animals because he holds, it's kind of, it's a little bit of a machlokas in Metzius. He holds, people have in mind, I mean mental Metzius, people have in mind, even if it's alive, all the regular animals, they know one day it's going to die. They don't know when it's going to happen. And and when it dies, it's going to be food for their other animals. Exactly. So that's the machlokas. What is the das of people? Good base. Okay, back inside. Mutar lahachil tolat hameshi. Continuation of the previous halacha, you're allowed to feel, uh, feed your worms. I and mean, that's, that's fine. It's muksa to move, but it's, uh, since 
this is your worm and he's he's you're responsible to feed him. He's dependent upon you. That's the case. Any animal or worm that's dependent upon you and you regularly feed it, regularly feed it, it's mutter. Yud Gimel. Alright, so here I have a question, a dindarabanan. Can you bring your animal, uh, right, direct your animal to, to grass or whatever they eat from the ground or from the plants? So you say like this. You're allowed to, and you're, you're allowed to stand on the grass or whatever they're eating, the vegetation. There's no gezerah that you're going to come bend down and rip out the vegetation or the, the grass and feed it to your animal. Aval, there is a dendera isidarabanan, lo agabe maktza. You can't walk on top of maktza items and feed it and let him feed it. Because when it comes to maktza, people, people are, it's real chamer, it's really serious to be tolish. Everyone knows an isidaraisa to pull out from the ground, but, um, but not everybody's so, Aware or makpid on muksa, so they said it's an iser derabanan to stand on top of muksa and feed it that way, because you might bend down and just lift it up. What are you doing? You're just lifting up hay. That's what everyone says. I'm just moving something. I'm just I'm just helping him eat. That's only if you're standing on it. But to stand next to it, so that so that you're bringing him right there and he's got nowhere to turn. You have nowhere to go, right, left, it's just right in front of you. And the purpose is to convince him to eat it. So you're not standing on the muksa, you're standing right next to it. Mutar, that's mutar, they weren't gozer in such a case. Okay. Okay. Fine. You're a dalit. Note, sure. You're allowed to take food, um, fodder, whatever that was eaten by a donkey and move it over to the to the ox to eat. Aval, You don't take it, the food from the shore and give it to the chamor. Because once the, um, the shore eats it, it has saliva, I don't know, backwash, some saliva that drips, drips, uh, I mean, we're from more familiar with backwash, but here you have saliva that drips down from the shore, and now the chamor sees the saliva or smells it, and he won't touch it anymore. So now you're just doing tircha shalolet sarach. You're doing extra effort because you're accomplishing nothing. He's not going to eat it. And Ramah adds, and many are machmer, that seems to be the halacha, that it's not, it's lav davka shor to a chamor. It's any animal that goes from one to another if if it's not gonna, if it's not gonna be edible. But, uh, the Chronium point out, Mishnah Bura says, that it's only a asr if you're doing it from one animal to another animal, when you know for sure he's not gonna eat it. Because of the saliva. But if you're not sure, so that you don't have to worry about it, the minute is to be mako, uh, if you don't know any better. Well, only if you know. Yeah, so that's still, uh, but it's still usher to do that, even though it'll be, a chamor, if he's really hungry, he might nibble at it. But it's, but it's right, exactly. It's not, uh, still not mutter. Ted Vav. Asur le grofa evos if petam. So here you have the trough before 
the um, the shore where he eats from. And so inside, you have food and you got some pebbles that mixed in, or some rocks, dirt, whatever. And you want to um, shovel it, sweep it to the side to get, so move away all the uh, the rocks or whatever. And I guess maybe put some more new food in there so that it'll be clean. Or just, okay, assuming there are not issues of borer here, you're just sweeping away a little bit. And then, assuming you're just adding some. Afilo evo shall clean. So it's usher to do this, even if it's made from uh, a kli. Uh, okay? So that's, this is, um, this is assuming, uh, simply you're outside, you're on the ground, and you have this whole trough over there. And, right, this is common if you're a farmer. Gzeira atu shal karka da'ate lashviya gumos. So gzeira darabana, because you start moving there with your, I don't know, your, not mop, your uh, sweeper, uh, whatever, shovel, whatever you're using over there. Uh, that's not a brush, but whatever you're moving. So you might end up, when you're there, you're on the ground, and you might end up shoving it in a way that's going to land, fall overboard and land in your holes. You have little little uh, pockets or holes um, in um, on the dirt outside, on the floor, or you're going to come to sweep them and make them. Or they're, we're up. Chazal, apparently, we're very nervous about people straightening their land. I know if you're you know, straightening land inside your house could be an issue of bona, Straightening your land outside, flattening it outside, is an issue of uh, choresh. Is that there are two types of troughs, one made from a kli, like says a, a few able shall kli. Right. And so if it's a kli, it's aser. So both yeah. are aser, exactly. So both, whether it's a hole in the ground or an actual kli that's used so as a trough, both. The the they, well, they both are, I think. Okay. Yeah, yeah, both of them, I think, are. Because the trough, it's okay. Friends say you want to read it. Asur gam came lesale katevan milifana vitstadim. And it's also asur to move the straw from, uh, to move it around, um, in front of them, uh, to the sides. Okay, and that is, uh, okay. Uh, I think we're talking about an issue of muksa. Not sure. I think that's the issue here. Okay. So they're also moving the straw around in front of them. Okay. Shin chaf. Okay. It was stepped on. It had re'i on it. It was. All, it's disgusting. He's not going to eat it anymore. And you don't need to move it to the side. And you want to move it to the side. And so it's an issue of muksa. Fine. Good. Shin chaf hey. All right. So we finished with the animals. Sorry. Okay. Now we'll be discussing the havdal aleph havdalos, the human beings over here, uh, non-Jews. Aleph. Mutar lezamein any Yehudi b'Shabbos. You're allowed to invite a non-Jew to your house to eat on Shabbos. Mutar leten mezonos lefanav mechatzer leochlan. You're allowed to give him food at your table, and you're allowed to give him food in a chatzer to eat there. Give him food, what he what he's able to eat where he is. This is in contrast to Yom Tov. We're going to learn later. It's a, there's an iser derabanan of having a, a non-Jew come to your house to eat on Yom Tov. Right, because you might end up cooking extra. So that's for later. Okay. Um, and here, obviously, we're talking about a case. You're, uh, you're giving him food that he, uh, you're not telling him to carry it outside the property. You're just letting him eat it right there. And it's a machloket if, uh, how much food you can give him. Can you give him uh, only enough food that he can eat it right there on the spot? Or even extra that he can move on? And the Mishnabur is more on the Mekel opinion here. But... Um, Okay, so bottom line, you're allowed to give them food in the chatzah. 
and he's allowed to take it with him where he wants. And if he wants to take it with him, right, we're assuming there's no Eruv, and so now he's taking it from either, uh, we'll assume for argument's sake for right now, we're dealing with um, a Carmelist. We're dealing with carrying in a place that's an Isr Darabanan, or at least Suffolk if it's Dara Isr Darabanan. But um, either way, uh, right, depends on the case. But either way, he, even if he wants to take it to a, a Rishas Harabim, it would not be a problem. It actually would not be a problem. This is if the non-Jew is in your Chatzar. But if he's standing outside your property, outside the fence, and, you're, and he's already in a, um, a Carmelist, or as outside, and he puts his hand in to take it, so as soon as you give it to him, he's going to take it. Or you give him stuff, right, you know, his stuff by the, uh, in the Chatzar, right near where he's standing, and you know he's going to take it outside. Um, or it's stuff that's normally he's going to take outside, even if he is standing inside. <laughs> even if it's owned by uh, by the non-Jew himself. <laughs> but he doesn't know if he is... So this part, if it belongs to a non-Jew, so the Mishnah Burr is Mekel on this one. So here we are. So if the non, if he's inside, so this part is if it depends if it, if it belongs to a non-Jew or not. So if it belongs to a Jew, it's Asr, even if the non, doesn't matter where the non-Jew is, if he's outside or inside, if everyone, if he's going to take it outside with him and everyone knows that's what he's doing. If he's standing inside, so if it belongs to the non-Jew, He's allowed to, but if it belongs to the Jew, it's also not allowed to. And it has to do with Maritain. And how far do we take it? Haga. And Rama says you should even be Machmer. Even if you set aside from Arab Shabbos, this is his stuff, this is gonna, this is his stuff, he's gonna come and take it. You shouldn't let him take it from your property on, on Shabbos. Because we're, Maritain issues. Um, it's worse, by the way, if he's not, we're going to get to this later, when we get to Erevin, if he, the Jew is, not the non-Jew is outside and you're inside, it's even worse if you're handing it to him. Because then you're doing half the Akira and half the Hanacha. Uh, picking and putting it down. Uh, depending on the situation. But, uh, base. Now what happens if you have an issue of Darkei Shalom? Such as the non-Jew can't come to your house. You want to honor him, and he's sick. He can't come to you, and and and, and you have no way other no other way to get to get it to him. But uh, to ha- here, so then, oh, be'ena Yehudi alam, or a non-Jew, and uh, he's powerful, and you're a little you're scared he's going to cause trouble. Even if it's not sakana, even if we're not talking about that, sakana, everything generally a lot of things or most things, almost everything becomes mutter. But here we are just. Normally, the guy is a tough guy, and mutala um, te'lo, so then we're meiko. We're not worried about this Maris Ayanish is over here. You're allowed to give him, right? When he's in your property, he's allowed to take, give him whatever he wants. Or you can get a non-Jew, hire a non-Jew, or ask a non-Jew, really, um, to go bring all this, to carry all this stuff. Come in your house and carry everything and take it to him and deliver it on, on Shabbos. Vuruah din mitzvah. 
And even for a Jew, you're allowed to do it if it's a Tzorach Mitzvah. So let's say you find Chametz in your house on Pesach. So it's a Muksa for you. So in Hilchus Pesach, we say, just cover it up and then you won't touch it. But another option is you tell a non-Jew to take it outside your house for you. And even though it's a Carmelist, it's Mutter. And we say, Shvusta Shvusta Makal Mitzvah is Mutter. Even Mishnah Boris says, even if it's a suffix Daraisa outside, which is a Rabin, the assumption is, it's a, it's a Darabana, Shvus to Shvus, it's a Shvus of a Mira, of, of a, of a, you're telling it to a non-Jew, and it's really, it's a Suffolk Shvus. So even on a Suffolk, on a Shvus, and a Suffolk Shvus, so even the, the Mishnah Boris says Ramekel. Okay. Gimel. Now, here you have a case of a, uh, uh, someone's borrowing money from you, for example, or borrowing something, and the non-Jew gave a mashkon, some kind of a deposit, some kind of a collateral, uh, we're assuming, of, in this case, clothing. He gave him his coat or sweater, something to wear, whatever he's wearing, and he gave it to him, to, hold, to, to the Jew, to hold on to, because the Jew gave it to the non-Jew, so the non-Jew gave him something, to, to, to a piece of uh, clothing, as a mashkon. So Gimel, mutar lahachlif mashkon b'shabbos. You have to switch the mashkon on Shabbos. That's not because let's say the Jew, the non-Jew comes. He says, "I'm cold. I want to wear my coat. Or I feel like wearing this jacket or sweater." So you have to give it to him. How do you do this? Um, right? Because we don't want it to look like you told him to carry, uh, etc. So what do you do? So if it's derech malbush, that's the best. Imu malbush v'yotzienu derech malbush. That's the best way to do it. Kainzit masa umatan. It doesn't look like you bought and sold and no problems over here. That's the cleanest way to do it. The Gambi Yisrael The Yisrael can also to, to wear it. Yisrael uh, if necessary. So what is it? so? Let's say, in other words, you have the goy come over with let's say a new sweater, and he'll wear it over to your house. He'll come to your house, take back his sweater, give you the new sweater. So you switch a mashkon. And then he takes back what he wants because he don't want to be left without a mashka. So, in other words, so this way, that's the best way to do it if it is uh, clothing. Haga. V'tov she'ani hudi yikach ha-mashka natsmo v'yaniach achar b'mkomo v'lo yigabwa yisrael sh'leya nirek kenosu v'notein. The Ramah says, l'chatchila, the best way to do it is have the goy do the whole thing. Let him come into your house, switch the clothing, let him go out with it wearing it. And ideally, the best thing is um, for the Jew not to get involved physically, not to touch it so that there's doesn't come anywhere near looking like they're making a, a transaction on, on Shabbos. Okay? And if the non-Jew, Mr. Burr points out, if the non-Jew uh, doesn't really want to de- deal with all these uh, tricks, he just wants to come take his mashkon and switch it on you, you're, you're allowed to let him. You can't force him to keep Shabbos or to keep all your chumas. And... Um, and then there's also a question, can you have him switch it with money? Can you let the non-Jew come take his sweater, his clothing, and leave you some money instead as a mashkan? So lechatchila, you're not allowed to, but if you have no choice, Mishnah Bura says you're not supposed to lose money, and you're allowed to let him leave you your uh, the money. Just don't touch it, and just let him do what he needs to do, and you keep a form of a mashkan, and everyone's happy. Dalit. One more. Okay, 
Okay? So, let's say on Shabbos, uh, you don't have anything to eat, or you don't have, um, you don't have any bread for a seuda, or wine, you have a mila, uh, uh, the meal for Shabbos, and you need something, you don't have a neighbor to borrow from, what do you do? So, uh, if a non-Jew, if he bakes the bread for himself, now, let's just assume over here there's no issues of Bishalakum or Afiyah. By non-Jews, we do hold this pas, uh, there is Pasakum, depending on if there's a pilot, if it's in your house, his house, if it's a bakery. Anyways, this, so let's assume there's no Bishalakum, Pasakum issues over here. He baked for you bread on, sh- uh, not for you. He baked bread on Shabbos for himself. So what's the halacha? Some say it's Aser. Even though it's, um, and some say it's mutter. What's the reason why it might be asr? Is because it might be a din of muksa, might be a din of nolad, or it might also be an inyan of, um, if you allow this, then it might allow you, it might lead you to tell him to start making more for you on Shabbos. So that's the three possible opinions why some are osr, v'yesh matirim, and some say not. These are all whatever, but not real problems. Can all get Each one's not mukhrach, and there's no gzera, it's not asr. That's the mutter opinion. And the Shulchan Aruch says, can you use bread that was baked by a non-Jew on Shabbos? You're allowed to only when you need to. Um, and the um, Bir Lachai just points out, if you don't know when he made it, and you, it's, or he possibly started it before Shabbos, and it's hard to find out, you're allowed to uh, be so much that it's, it's, it's mutter. Sveik, sveikah.